Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's The Big Show. Everybody ready? It's Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is the Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake with you from our Zone Sports Network Carrier Studios. I think I got those words in the wrong order. Austin Horton uh, across the glass from me, who it appears just broke his headphones, so that's nice. And uh, safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Hello, Jake. Hope you're having a good day today. Hope everything's going well. I spent a little time outside, and uh, it's good and hot, but it feels good to me. Uh, but then I'm not swinging a, a heavy hammer in the sun uh, doing my work out there, but it feels good to me. Uh, but anyway, I uh, hope you're doing well. Hope all our listeners are hanging in there. And uh, I hope everyone's doing better than the Phillies are right now. Uh, I think uh, I, I would add to that. Hopefully everybody's doing better than uh, Austin's headphones right now because they, uh, they just got broken. We I forgot to charge them. Oh, okay. So not broken, seem, just uh, useless. Sorry, say, we, we seem to have problems with our headphones. I mean, I uh, went out and purchased those uh, high-quality headphones, and they broke on me. And I was supposed to send them back, but I never did. And so uh, those are pretty well done. Didn't you pick uh, them up in an airport? Yeah, the airport. So I don't know how high-quality we're talking here. I'm sure uh, they, they looked were, cool. And no, I'm sure they, they cost quality. a fortune. The sharper image to go store. <laughs> yeah. No, I looked them up, and uh, they were high quality. And they said, I talked to the folks, and they said, send them back. And uh, I never did. So, anyway, it's my fault. The two-year warranty is up. So, uh, I'll have to go a different direction now. Well, I'm sorry we, to hear that. Yeah, but you have new headphones. Uh, what, what percentage of our listeners do you think have headphones? Because, you know, all it's cool them. listening. Does everybody have them? I think all of it have some sort of ear piece, like, yeah, like yeah, Bluetooth or headphone or whatever. I don't know your your traditional, like the headphones that we like to use. I don't know how many people still use those anymore. I don't see a ton of people. But earbuds. I, I see I see a lot of people with, uh, with uh, you know, the, the headphones that uh, they're, when they're listening to various you know, whether listening to our show or listening to uh, music or whatever it might be, I see quite a bit of those. Well, I I see a lot of earbuds, and earbuds, if you use them too much, are not supposed to be good for your hearing. So that's a, like DJ uses earbuds sometimes in the morning, and we wear headphones so often that I don't uh, uh, I don't go the earbud route. Plus, I don't find them particularly comfortable. I so. sleep with earbuds all night every Do night. You? Well, maybe what I'm saying is a myth. I just heard I that. hope you know, so. Anecdotal evidence. Who knows? What do you mean you sleep with them? That's I wear them while I sleep. What if he gets a phone call while he's sleeping? He's what, if, be able to... what if uh, the snoring is too loud? 
Oh, oh so I you see. wear them as, as earplugs, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Do you put on, okay. like, the, uh, the, the, the gray noise or, or like... I used to do the, the white noise the as white, a warrior. That's what I meant. White noise, yeah. Uh, now, what, what, I, lately, I've what, just been like running Netflix just runs in my mind all night, and then I wake up with all kinds of things <laughs> in my head. You dreamt like you were in the office? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so explain the white noise. Explain to me what, I mean, I've heard of that, and it's, it's supposed to cancel everything out, right? What, what does it do? It fills, it gives you some noise so that your brain can kind of check out, and it feels like it's on autopilot, so to speak. And never what heard is, of, you've never heard what white is, noise? Uh, I, I probably have. I mean, I've heard of it, but what does it sound like? Yeah, basically. You listen to that all night long? No, that's why I quit that. Oh. Some people find it soothing, though. Babies love it. Babies love it, yeah. Uh-huh. Do they really? Huh. Well, not mine. Okay. <laughs> Mine's a werewolf. <laughs> Up all night. How did we get onto white noise? How did we get here? Uh, Seven we minutes into the show. Okay, headphones. All right, there, yeah. we, there we are. All right. I've figured that out now. Uh, Gordon, it is a game day, so the big show will evolve into Jazz Game Night pregame show at 3.30. Although, with all these day games, do we, do we need to adjust the title of the show? Uh, maybe. Should I say Jazz Game Day pregame show? You can, but the production won't say that. It still says night. <laughs> well, think of how many day jazz games we actually have had over the past 10 years. Like three? Maybe two? Yeah, not many, but all, no. almost all these in the bubble are. They are. The, the latest jazz start is the Laker game, I believe, and that's a 7 o'clock start, which, of course, is is the norm. So kind of weird that that's the, the late. Uh, although that will change in the playoffs, I would guess. They're going to try to get as many of those games into prime time as, as possible, I would think. Especially the further on we go in the in the playoffs. So now, regarding the Jazz games, and we're going to talk a lot about that heading into the the game. A real game, folks. I mean, a real basketball game that actually has ramifications that means something that we, you'll be able to see the Jazz play and uh, really want to win. Uh, is, is is kind of a cool concept again, one that we haven't seen for what's it been now, 140-some days. So uh, looking forward to that. But I saw the announcement that was sent out by the Jazz talking about uh, how Jazz fans can get involved in the games and whatnot. And the, the way I understand it is there will be actual images uh, beamed up on uh, around the court. Am I understanding that correctly, Jake? You and I have not talked about that before the show, so I, I don't mean to blindside you with that. But I, I kind of I think that's kind of cool involving the fans to whatever extent you can while playing in a fanless building. Yeah, I mean. The, the game is for the fans, right? I mean, ultimately, and I guess the, the more ways, creative ways that you can you can include them, the better, I suppose. I, uh, we'll see how some of this stuff works. Uh, you, you know, I've talked to people who are, are really anti the crowd noise piped in and, and that sort of thing. So we'll, yeah, we'll see. I'm not, how, a big, I'm not a big fan of that. But but if if it's real, see, it's the it's the fake stuff I don't like. But but if if someone is sitting in, I think it would be actually kind of cool if people have an app where they can express what they're really feeling as they're watching a game and have that projected into the building. Is, is that going to happen? From what I can tell, and I've got, the, uh, I've got the release up in front of me, I don't know exactly how all of this is going to work, but that seems uh-huh. to be the concept. 
So, yeah, it's cool. I mean, the more you can do, the better, right? This is a yeah. totally unique situation for everyone. Uh, I would guess we're going to see, you know, the broadcasts evolve as well. Um, as, as we've never really done anything like this before. I, <laughs> I, we, we talked to Locke about this yesterday, and I've, I've brought it up a bunch because I think it's amazing how the, the broadcast crews have adapted just to, you know, uh, we talked about this at the very beginning of, of the pandemic, Gordon. You know, a lot of people are going to have to think outside the box on how to, how to do things, how to deliver product, how to, you know, put a basketball game on TV from a remote location. You know, just well, stuff that you, you have to, you know, pause for a second, think about it a little bit differently, and decide how you can best pull it off. And I, I, I admire a lot of that thinking that has gone on um, across all levels to, to bring these games to, to the fans that want to see them. Well, as it pertains to the effect on the game, that, that is what I find really fascinating. We've talked about it, how will players react because they're used to playing during the summer in empty gyms, uh, playing competitively in pickup games and whatnot. And so they are used to that. But are they used – do they really understand how many eyes are going to be on them? Uh, because usually they are aware of that, but they have eyes in the building and reactions in the building. And it, it seems as though they probably react to that more frequently than they do to the knowledge that millions of people are watching them via TV cameras. But in this case, the Jazz might be this game that they're playing today against the Pelicans. There may be as many eyes on them as there has been all year long, because this is a big deal. The restart of the league the Jazz ended uh, ended the, the NBA play kind of with what happened in Oklahoma City, and now they're beginning it. And there may be some, uh, I don't know, some uh, some irony to that. But now the building will be essentially empty, but a million eyeballs will be on them because people, one, are hungry to see NBA games again, and they're hungry to see the Jazz considering what happened to them at the in March. And so, and the fact that is Zion playing? Do we know that? Have we heard that yet? I I, I don't know. He's a game time decision. Yeah, there's some interest in the opponent the Jazz are playing. So it's a it's a big big deal. Plus the fact that all the other stuff people want to see how it works. Want when the games really count, not scrimmages, and people want to see the reaction to the, uh, the by the players to the some of the social issues of our time and how will that be handled people are 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 interested to see how this is going to happen and it involves all y'all's Utah Jazz so i guess getting back to the effect on the players do they understand do they really understand how many people care and how many people are really going to be watching them get back to business this afternoon this evening Yes, I, I think they will be aware for the most part. But I have an interesting comparison for you, all right? Maybe okay. you can I- identify with this. Do you remember when we did Manland, the world's greatest slash worst sports radio promotion ever? <laughs> I do I do remember yeah. that. We uh, For those folks who aren't familiar with it, this was, God, it had to be, what, 10 years ago, Gordon? Maybe more. Ronnie Brewer was still on the jazz. But anyway, we uh, procured a house out in the daybreak area, and we wired it for sound and camera. And then basically it was online webcast for the entire week that we were there. And uh, we, we, well, I, I, at least I did, uh, stayed there for the entire week. And, uh, and uh, hilarity ensued. But as you were, you know, 
living uh, in this house, you, you remembered for the most part that you were always on camera. But there was those couple of minutes where you'd forget. And you say, ooh, what did I just say? <clears throat> I mean, uh, no, that was I didn't mean to curse there. I'm very sorry. <clears throat> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I bet it'll be something like that. Where they know, they know it. I mean, they, they certainly know it. And you'll you'll probably see, you know, they put different camera angles in there so players can go up to the camera and stuff like that. I mean, eh, they're going to know it. But I bet there's those moments where they lapse for a second. Like, oh, yeah, everybody's watching. I got to, <clears throat> never mind. Hey, you know what I mean? Do you think that motivates players when they know? We used to no. talk a little bit about Donovan Mitchell when he was first uh, sort of getting used to playing in the NBA. And on those rare occasions when the Jazz had national games, uh, there were times when he seemed a little more amped up. Uh, and, and so I wonder, I wonder if that, especially given the fact that nobody has played a real game in quite some time, I wonder if they'll be pretty jacked up for this, this evening, this, this afternoon. All right, we'll get uh, into some more uh, jazz basketball. We have a little bit of breaking news. Let's get to in the split story of the day in in regards to college football. Austin, uh, let's go ahead and get to it. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone and the zone sports network all right i just uh, we would have some fancy sound there usually but i just you know totally threw you and austin both a curveball so i apologize but it is uh, it does appear to be official that the sec is moving to a 10 game conference only schedule the league has also moved back the start of the season to september 26th uh, and the official announcement, uh, let's see, is expected at 3.45 Central. Gordon, that would be, what, 2.45 our time? So in a half an hour, they're going to make it officially official, official. But the news is breaking that this is what they are going to do. Of course, just to review, the ACC has moved to a 10 plus 1. The Big Ten, Pac-12 uh, conference only. And we have yet to hear what the Big 12 is going to do. But, of course, this has um, ramifications to BYU, who was reportedly in negotiations with Alabama to possibly play. And this, of course, Gordon, just limits um, possible opponents for BYU. But also, you know, there's a lot of folks out there that are saying the SEC is kind of going to be the leader on this thing. And this is what they're choosing to do. Well, how can they be the leader on it when two other conferences have already done it? Um. Well, I'm more mean leader. Like, like if the SEC goes, college football is going to go. If the SEC doesn't, college football isn't going to go. That's more. You mean at all? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we don't know whether the season is going to actually take place or not. But these are the plans that are being put in place. And uh, you're right. It is bad news for BYU. It just uh, reiterates what we've been saying for weeks now, that Tom Homo has a very difficult job. And it's it's going to be tough for the Cougars. To, if if teams do get the uh, okay to go ahead and play and the powers that be feel comfortable with that, who in the world is BYU going to play? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really is a big, big question. And it was a big question. And then people said, oh, well, look, they're going to play Alabama, so everything is going to be. I still didn't think that necessarily solved anything, really. And now it looks like it solves nothing at all. So uh, what what is Tom going to do? What is BYU football going to do? And maybe ultimately it won't really matter because maybe nobody will be able to play. Right. But these are the plans that are being laid as we speak. This is what I would do. And now I'm not a big fan of independence. So, you know, there's that bias in this opinion. But I would, 
I would patch it up with the Mountain West and work out some sort of deal just like uh, Notre Dame did with the ACC. And it might even give them a convenient excuse to to make that a permanent change if they chose to do. You could leave that option open. But for you know, maybe you don't make as much money as you would have in this particular college football season. You have to split it with the rest of the Mountain West, and that's the consolation that Notre Dame made with the ACC. Which but is a it, huge one, by it, the way. It is, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that certainly factors in big time in this decision. But if, you, if you're not playing anybody, Gordon, you can't sell games to TV networks. So... If it means that you could salvage a 10-game schedule, I'd consider it. I'd consider it because some is better than nothing. I agree with you completely, Jake. And uh, although I would not make any permanent decisions based off what's happening this year. I agree, but you uh, could. You'd leave that door open you where you're like, oh, this was pretty nice and we're all getting along. So let's work something out for the future. But, but, but if the Mountain West came to BYU and said, okay, look, we'll help you out this year but we want a little something on down the road and we want some commitment from you. I'm not sure if I'm BYU. If I don't want to do that, and and there are arguments to be made, and Jake, you've made many of them, and I've made some, and we've gone back and forth on it. There are arguments to be made that that would be a good thing. But if BYU doesn't want to do that for whatever the reasoning is, then don't be pressured into doing it just to get this particular situation solved. But uh, it, it definitely would help them. Uh, not have to play teams that, well, that nobody wants to see them play. And look, it might all be for naught, as we said. They could make these plans and then have nothing come uh, from it at all because uh, nobody's playing. So a very interesting time, man. Uh, Everybody wants this virus to be taken care of, controlled as much as possible. Everybody wants to get back to normal, ASAP. But, man, how's it all going to work? I, you know, Go ahead and make your plans, but uh, that doesn't mean it's going to be a fact. True, but the, that's thus the problem with the situation that BYU's in right now. What plans are they going to make? All right. That's, I mean, that, honestly, that's the hard part. I bet, I bet Tom Homo would love to work on a plan. Well, they've lost. <laughs> what they've, plan they've, does he work on? They've officially lost five games and now it's six. Yeah, because right? uh, Missouri's gone, right? Yeah. Yep. So... All those BYU fans were going, ah, who needs Utah? We don't have to play Utah because we're going to play Alabama. And not so fast. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. I, I, I'm calling Craig Thompson if I'm uh, if I'm Tom Homo. I wonder what he would say, and I wonder what that conversation would be like back oh. and forth, given the way the whole thing kind of crumbled 10 years ago. I, it's easy. You, you, call, you say, hey, Craig, how are you? Uh, we want to give you some money. <laughs> how would you like some money? Because we want to give you some. <laughs> but we want to play. And you, you don't think at that point he would say, you know, you guys stiffed us uh, a decade ago, and we really don't want to mess with you. We want to hold it against you. And then you would say, uh, do you want some money? I'd say, do you want some money? I'd say, you hey. hear what I said? Uh, <laughs> I have to say it again. <laughs> I've, you, you say, hey, I've, I've seen how much Colorado State has spent on athletic facilities over the past <laughs> decade, and, and I'm pretty sure that they would listen to the argument, hey, would you like some money? And I wonder if uh, he could back that with saying, you know, uh, there's a certain group of guys and women who uh, run a network that is fairly influential an outfit called ESPN. Well, that one's not going to work because the Mountain West just left ESPN. Well, I mean, but so how is BYU going to get out of what its obligation is 
to the uh, to the network. They wouldn't, because BYU can only sell its home games. So they just retain the money they would make for their home games. But they'd have to do what Notre Dame is doing, and they'd probably have to split that evenly with the— you'd add that revenue into the total conference revenue, and then they split it whatever ways it would be. And ESPN would have no problem with that? Uh, They're still getting everything they're contracted to get, so I don't know why they would. And they're getting better games than they would if BYU played Liberty twice. (laughs) So I, I would guess How dare you? I would guess ESPN would be fine with it because they're still getting the same amount of games, or at least close wonder, to it. I wonder if that complicates it at all. I don't think so, or or at least I would be disappointed if it did, because it, we've talked a lot about this, Gordon. You know, to get through this, if if college football is going to be a thing, you're going to have to push a lot of the bureaucracy out of the way. You know, you're going to have to get the lawyers out of the room, and we're going to you're going to have to say, hey, we're going to do this in good faith because we all need to move forward and act in each other's best interest. And here we go. And so, so there would me, have to be some of that. So let me get the, what you just said straight. You want to get the lawyers out of the room. Now, two observations on my part from that. One is you're married to a lawyer. I am, so true. you better be careful how you word that. And secondly, the lawyers are never pushed out of the room, Jake. Um, I, I don't never. know about never. Rarely. I mean, there, there was, uh, I think it was Josh Newman's piece in the Trib where he interviewed a, a Salt Lake attorney uh, who, who does a, a bunch of contract stuff. And that was basically, he basically said, he said, most deals get done when everybody kind of gets out of the way and the legal jargon goes by the wayside and you agree in principle. And he said, this, this attorney said that since most universities are going to be on both sides of the buyout argument, for example, uh, that... They're just going to figure out a way to get it done. Then, well, and that most... may be what happens. That has to happen with ESPN, where they say, "Hey, we're bummed. We're not. We didn't get the Mountain West Conference uh, television contracts, but we still have BYU. And BYU playing uh, San Diego State is still a heck of a lot more interesting than BYU playing Liberty. So yeah. sweet." Let's do this. I, I would guess, because ESPN's trying to salvage revenue, too. I mean, all these all these entities are trying to protect every nickel they can. So who is the uh, Mountain West deal with? Uh, Fox and, I, I want to say both Fox and CBS. So yes, both you, Fox and CBS. Okay, yeah. so do you think those folks would have a problem with BYU joining in? And then, even though they don't have, obviously they have no claim to BYU's home games, it still is affecting the conference in some way. I would guess they'd be fine with it because they're getting BYU games. BYU br- brings a good audience. So BYU at Nevada is going to bring more uh, uh, eyeballs to their product than San Jose State, Nevada. So what so, you're saying is it's a lot easier to push the attorneys out the door, out of the room, as long as there is green coming in the room. Yes, as long as there's yeah good faith and, and mutual benefit. Because BYU in this scenario that we're talking about would be the one who would probably make less revenue. I would, and you you know what? There would even actually they, that is the case because they'd have to yeah. split it with everybody. They'd basically have to buy their way in. I don't I don't see why the Mountain West would be opposed to that at all. And I if I'm BYU and it costs me a little bit to do that as opposed to only playing four football games or three football games or or playing the independents twice or the other terrible options that are out there, <laughs> uh, that's what I would be looking at. Do you think that BYU right now, or Tom Homo in particular, is busy talking to Big 12 schools? Yes, I'm sure he is. Um, 
and and then they'll see how that goes, and then if that shapes up, then they would be less likely to do what you just suggested, and if it doesn't shape up, then they'd be more likely. Uh, our friend Jared Eborn tweets into the show. Uh, Gordon, he said, why would the Mountain West Conference want to bail out BYU football? A mediocre, irrelevant BYU program is better for the Mountain West Conference. Yeah, but BYU's never going to be irrelevant by that standard. No matter how mediocre the football program is, they're still a more valuable football program than any other school in the Mountain West. And I'm including Boise State. So well, why uh, and not to disagree with you, Jared. And by the way, Jared, uh, great writer uh, and journalist uh, himself. But I, I don't agree with him necessarily on that point because I would, I'd want to, I'd want to suffer the windfall. See, I agree with you completely. Why? What? I, I'm not sure. I understand exactly what Jared's point is. Does he think that playing BYU would be just doing BYU a favor, and that there would be no? Uh, no take back by the Mountain West. I, I, I agree with you. I think that would be they would be able to take more money by playing BYU if the opportunity was available to them relative to some of the other schools they might play. Jared's going with the the spite card, which I can appreciate. You know, <laughs> the why would we help you uh, when you abandon well, because us? Because you're getting money, right? Right, which is ultimately the answer, but I, I think that's the logic he's going with. I mean, like uh, the Mountain West Conference trying to poach Gonzaga, for example. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. I think that there is a, a kind of we're going to weaken BYU kind of thing out there. But uh, I, I, in this case, in COVID, Gordon, we found out today, not to go gloom and doom on you, but we found out today that the gross domestic product fell 33% in quarter number two, yeah. which is yeah. unbelievable. It, it is unheard of in history. And so I would guess that people would get over their grudges pretty quick if it meant that they could, let's be honest, salvage their athletic department. You know, it's it's interesting to you want to talk about history and studying certain folks, certain countries who become allies who used to be enemies. And I hate to make that comparison to sports, but these things can be can be fixed in a hurry. If it's to the financial benefit of those involved. Of everybody. Yeah. And yeah. like we, in this scenario, BYU would be the one taking the financial hit. And maybe it wouldn't even be that much if they lost a, a bunch of their games, which it appears like they are. All right. We'll, we'll continue to talk about this again. We go into full pregame mode at 3.30. Tip-off. Locke has all the action for you at 4. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone, band of the day today. Need a little Miley in my life. Brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Uh, part of my motivation for uh, selecting this today, uh, Gordon, is because Austin and I got in an off-air argument last week about better Miley song, Party in the USA, or Wrecking Ball. And since we really only have two bumper songs to play today, it, it felt appropriate to go with Miley. Okay. All right. So, All right. so uh, well, let's hear Party in the USA now. We'll, okay. hear, uh, we'll hear Wrecking Ball at 250. 
and then Gordon, you can you can break the tie. You can you All can right. adjudicate the matter, which is better, party in the USA or wrecking ball. Okay. Are you prepared? I uh, I. <laughs> Do you need to listen to arguments, or, or are you ready to write your ruling? Have you no, heard I, both? I yes, I have heard both, and I will uh, I, I will be eager to hear each of your arguments, and then I will render mine. Uh, and we'll go from there. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. I, uh, good. Um, real quick on this this uh, SEC, if you're just joining us, they announced they're going conference only. They're going to play a 10-game schedule only uh, against each other. One thing that I do want to mention uh, real quick, Gordon, and we'll, we'll move obviously heavy into basketball. It is a game day. But one thing I like that the Pac-12 is doing that the SEC is not. The SEC has decided to start uh, on September 26th. The Pac-12 is going to start earlier in fact, what were the dates we saw, Austin, the 16th, 14th? Anyway, point being they're giving themselves an extra, uh, really, two weeks uh, than the SEC to get this done. I, I think that there's actually some value there, some wisdom there with the Pac-12 giving uh, giving themselves uh, room to maneuver. The 12th? The 12th. Uh, Stanford, Arizona on the 12th. I, I think that's actually smart. Um Get those games early if you can do them and give yourself some flexibility on the back end if, if something goes wrong. I, th- I think that's the lesson right now to learn from baseball is they didn't give themselves enough wig- wiggle room if something happened. No, as long as you can give yourself enough time to prepare. Correct. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And the Pac-12, maybe the SEC doesn't feel like that's enough time to prepare uh, the team. Um, and, and maybe that's their argument. We'd have to uh, look into it a little bit deeper. But I do like the wisdom of the Pac-12 giving themselves more time, as we talked about the other day, an extra three weeks or possibly an extra month if you need to move scheduled games around. And I think that, that I think that's smart. Whether it's necessary or not, I think it's smart because baseball right now is in a crunch. Like, now what do you do with the Marlins now? What do you do with the Phillies now? Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that uh, we'll see what happens with the, with the SEC. But they're, they're going you- for the later start. So let me answer. Let's try to answer that question. What do you do if you're Major League Baseball? Do you just go by winning percentages? Because you can't, the games won't be equal. Well, it depends on how many games they actually miss, right? I mean, if it's if it's two or three, or I don't know what we're up to now. Is we're up to three let's games missed for the Marlins? Five, let's say if it's between five and ten. And you sort of have to go by winning percentage, don't you? Either that or tell the Marlins better luck next year. Well, yeah, which which is they... dramatic, or or get no. Actually, you know what the solution I think should be is just give them a forfeit. You forfeit. You couldn't put a team on the field. That's an L oh, for you. Yeah, that's that's. I don't know about that. Why? I don't know if that's fair. How is that not fair? Well, because it's it, is it their fault? What happened? No, but it is. Is it somebody's fault when they roll their ankle? Uh yeah, but this is different. I don't know that it is it's though because they're not able to field the team. That's a forfeit. I maybe it requires more sensitivity, but to your initial point, I don't know what else you do unless you you cut them loose. Yeah, I, I again, you, I, I would I would consider going by winning percentage. But that regardless gives, of how many games are played. But I think you would have more, and I don't want to speak for you, but I think you might have more of an issue with it if it were a better team, like if it were the Astros, and you just say, "Oh, let's just go by winning percentage." Then that gives them an advantage because those are games that uh, that they didn't play. They have fewer games to lose. Yeah, but they also have fewer games to win, right? Yeah, but we're talking about winning percentage, right? So the fewer games to win doesn't matter as much. 
Yeah, I, I don't. I'm, I'm just, I'm just flinging stuff about here. I, this is one of those things that comes up, and you wonder, okay, how are you going to manage that based on the time crunch that you were already addressed? Yep. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't. Uh, mm-hmm. You either have to do that, or you have to do the forfeit, or they have to just be done this year. Oh. I, I don't see any other way, and I. You know, in this thing, in my mind, Gordon, and maybe this is insensitive, and I, I certainly would, would look at um, other people's perspective because I'm not necessarily sold on this, but I think you've got to treat this like an injury, injuries to a certain extent. Now, I realize that it's different, and that's why I'm, I'm, I'm waffling a little bit. But, you know, if you can't feel the team or if players are not, you know, if you're, you've got an outbreak to the size where it's not safe to put the team on the field, then unfortunately I think that that's got to be – a forfeit. I really do. But that is really unfortunate because I I see no blame involved in that. And uh, that that is uh if it is a team that that has a real shot at, at doing something, then you would hate to see them penalized that way. Uh Well, and this I can't believe I'm saying this because I feel like this is this is something you would say. But maybe the the punitive nature of this would encourage encourage better behavior. Well, apparently if you want to go to the playoffs, well, you better act appropriately because if there's an outbreak, you're just getting guaranteed L's. Well, already the league is coming out with new protocols now that seem stricter than they were before. Oh, so. yeah, absolutely. You know, you know what's funny, Gordon? Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, I, I watched a little bit of the, the league, a league of Their Own. Uh, last night, which is just a uh-huh. wonderful movie, absolutely love it. We'll we'll, we'll stop no crying in baseball. We'll stop one hundred out of one hundred times on the guide on a league of their own, at least for a moment. But anyway, it was the scene where uh, the the Miss Cuthbert, you remember her, uh, uh-huh. where where she, Madonna poisoned her and she was really sick, and they went out to the club. Uh-huh. Uh, that's that's the part that I watched last night, and then I saw the news today that Major League Baseball is assigning a uh, uh, like a what is it a, a COVID protocol agent to every single team. So I just thought to myself, every single team now has a Miss Cuthbert. <laughs> <laughs> right? Just somebody who travels with the team be like, uh-uh-uh. That's too I'm close. I'm looking at you. <laughs> oh, I see that mask slid under that nose, sir. Let's get that thing back up. Come on now. Essentially a resident advisor on yeah, every team. Yeah, basically, yeah, somebody to, to sit there and, and uh, babysit. Uh, observe everyone. Safety babysit. Patrol? Yeah, we could safety patrol. Good good words. But that's what I thought today, Gordon, when I when I saw that news. I was well, like, everybody's a, gotta miss Cuthbert. It's a tough job, but somebody's gotta do it. You know, it'd be, a, be, the it'd be a horrible job. <laughs> I know. I'd rather do almost anything else. You're the narc. You're the one that everybody, every room you walk into, a conversation immediately silences. <laughs> and everyone pulls out a Bible. And really, oh, yeah. oh, here's the thing, though. There are some people who really relish that kind of thing. Uh, you know, they, they, they like it. They like it. I know at least one that does. No, not me. I did it only because I I was called to duty by popular demand. Out of the three of us, there there was one who had the opinion that they'd call the snitch line in the NBA bubble early and often. <laughs> only if someone's only if someone was really in danger uh, by my estimation. In fact, the more I think about this, you are you are a perfect candidate. Let's get that resume into Major League Baseball. <laughs> you'll go you'll go shape no, up the Marlins. No, I don't like doing that. I. Uh, that's not my thing, but I prefer imagine, to avoid if possible. How, how are they selecting those those people? Is it just who draws the <laughs> short straw? 
All right, who wants this job that everyone's going to hate you for the rest of your career? <laughs> Seriously, it will follow you for the rest of your career. Oh, you were one of those guys during COVID, huh? <laughs> well, we, we're not, uh, not in this clubhouse. It's like being one of the replacement players during uh, work stoppages, right? Yep. Exactly. That that would be oh, that'd be a terrible job. I'm just now yeah. thinking about that. How are they going to get qualified people who would actually want to do that? It's a good question. I I don't know, but uh, I'm sure that they're they'll find them. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, they'll find them. Yeah, they'll they'll find them. All right, uh, we'll get to, into basketball coming up right around the corner. Don't forget, Jazz Game Night pregame show officially takes over at 3.30. Uh, so stay tuned. Jazz Basketball is back at 4.30. David Locke has the tip and all the action for you. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, now time for a back-to-basketball update. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank on 97.5-1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Back to basketball update brought to you by Zions Bank. I was just talking about it. The Utah Jazz back in action tonight. They take on the New Orleans Pelicans. I guess not tonight at, at this afternoon. I'm going to have to get used to that. 4.30 tip-off. David Locke has all the action for you right here on the Zone Sports Network. Pre-game at 3.30. And getting back to usual, we'll have halftime and post-game coverage for you as well. Zion Williamson, officially a game-time decision for tonight's game. One other uh, big NBA note out there, the uh, New York Knickerbockers have a new head coach. They have hired former Timberwolf and Celtic and... I guess he was an assistant with the Celtics and Bulls head coach Tom Thibodeau. Uh, so uh, Tibbs is back with the New York Knicks. This back to basketball update brought to you by Zions Bank for a bank that understands your business. Zions Bank is for you. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We've got to get to a Mountain America market update, hopefully coming up here shortly. But we do need to adjudicate the debate of the day. I think that uh, Miley's party in the USA is better. Austin is a fan of Wrecking Ball. And uh, Gordon, uh, you get to adjudicate this. And I feel good because Austin uh, is uh, getting our guest on the phone. So I feel like this uh, argument's going to be one-sided. Party of the USA is just a fun song. Easy to sing along with, although I realize Wrecking Ball is as well. But we can all imagine ourselves at that party, Gordon. When our favorite song comes on, our our head starts nodding, and we're feeling pretty good. Party in the USA it is. Uh, I I am really torn on this one. Austin, you uh, want to no, throw in a, a quick a quick opinion before we get to the judgment? I'll let Miley just uh, speak for her song herself. All right. Gordon's you're, good, one's not. You're all... Oh, really? You don't like Party in the USA at all? Nope. Why not? I came in like a <laughs> All right, Gordon. We need, we need your opinion. All right. First of all, let me say that I like both of these songs, actually. Uh, I like them both. I mean, I think they're catchy. I know you make fun of me for 
some of the the pop tunes I like, but uh, I like both of them, and I think both of them are well done. Uh, I think I like the video of uh, Party in the USA a little better. Okay. So this is like this is like. Not this in is my like head, fi- like yeah. This is like fifty-one forty-nine. I mean, it's that close. All right, uh, you want to think about it for a second, and we'll uh, we'll talk to Stuart, and then get okay. your your judgment. You want to do that? All right, yeah. think think about it for a second over there. All right, it's time for another Mountain America market update. Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he's Stuart Campbell with us on the Big Show. What's going on, Stuart? Good. How are you guys today? We're terrific. We're debating Miley Cyrus songs, so obviously we couldn't be better. It's a game day, though. We're we're doing great. Let's uh, let's talk about how the markets did today. It is a game day, and I'll probably throw my hat. You know, I'm okay with the party in the USA, but All right. Miley Cyrus isn't my favorite artist, so okay. mm-hmm. you know, okay. it's a catchy tune. All right. All right. Well, thanks for waiting, in, Stuart. Appreciate that. Uh, so. Um, the Dow closed down 226 points today um, after reports um, of the worst quarterly contraction on record. Um, so down 225 points, it ended the day at 26,313. S&P was down 12 points uh, and it ended at 32,46. So the best thing we can say about today is that the U.S. GDP um, this is uh, for the second quarter, and it's behind us. It was down 32%. The the estimates out there, they were thinking it was going to be down almost 34.5%. So it's actually a silver lining. Um, it was better than what everyone thought it was going to be. Um, so, even, so even though it was record-setting, it could have been a lot worse uh, based on projections. It, it could have been slightly worse. I mean, we're looking for every silver lining we can right now. Mm-hmm. Um and as you delve into the numbers, again, we're going back to quarter two GDP numbers. So we're looking April, May, and June. If you remember in April, um, everyone was locking down. No one was spending money. Everyone was just staying close to home. Uh, and then as restrictions started to get lifted, May and June, people started spending money as, as we approached summer. Um, and that really helped the economy. Um, but that's really what we're looking at. So um, the good news is is that this number is backward looking. And um, we have data today showing that things are improving. Um, but a lot of that number came from uh, people just not spending money is really what it boils down to. So what you guys have said so frequently is that the market likes to look ahead, not back. So if it is looking Correct. ahead, are you optimistic now, as you were just alluding to, that things are and will get better? Uh, yes. Uh, again, a lot of it has a lot of it is centered around um, and that was going to be my tip of the day, I think, is just centered around um, we want to help the businesses um, get back to we want to get help everybody get back to work um, businesses back into business and doing what it is that they do but particularly our businesses that are hardest hit and I'll, I'll mention three and I, I know I've mentioned them on the program before the hotel industry um, is still really down um, airline industry and then restaurants I think restaurants is probably the easiest one that any of us can do um, just again choose a date night or something and just take the family out go pick do dine or grab it from the from the door and go to a park or take it home and that's one of the best things we can do to to help people um 
But uh, until there's a vaccine, um, you know, lots of things are kind of hanging in the balance. But for the most part, um, we know we'll eventually work our way through this. It's just getting to that point. Stuart, thanks for jumping on with us, man. We appreciate it. Thanks, you guys. Have a good one. It's our friend Stuart Campbell from Mountain America Investment Services. And that is another Mountain America Market Update. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible. All right, Gordo, it's time for your uh, adjudication. Okay, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, even though I really like Party in the USA, I'm going to go ahead and agree with Austin on this one. I think, uh, I'll go ahead with the Wrecking Ball, even though that is an easy one to make fun of, just because of the nature of <laughs> Well, Gordon, all I can say is wrong as usual. <laughs> I don't know. It might be time, Austin, for you to play that little incriminating audio from Jake. Nope. All right. Coming up I next. I agree with you, Gordon, but then we'd both be right. Talking basketball. The Jazz return today. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for What's Going On, where we check in with the other other shows on The Zone Sports Network. I guess sports shows, being on a sports network, that's kind of a given. Uh, Gordon, I I probably don't need to say the other sports shows. It's probably a little redundantly redundant, no? That's okay, though, because sometimes we don't talk sports. You know that. Uh, yeah, every day at 4.50. Yeah, irregardless. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's start out with our friends David and Pat in the morning. DJ and PK had Dan Feldman on. He writes for Pro Basketball Talk, and he gives his thoughts on the return of the NBA. Jazz fans, obviously, curious how much of a loss is Bogdanovich. So the question, how much of a loss is Bogdanovich? <laughs> I think huge. I, I rate him as the, the biggest loss, the biggest unexpected loss of anybody going into this bubble. Uh, with him, I, I saw the Jazz as a team with a championship chance, a team that would need every break to go their way, but if it did, they could win a title. And without that, I, I probably have them as an underdog in the first round. Uh, he was such a superb scorer, fit so well, uh, provided that offensive punch. And I, I particularly think it's concerning for Utah uh, because of everything going on with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Uh, there's a chance for them to repair their relationship, and nothing helps more than winning, uh, but it, it seems like things aren't completely smoothed, smoothed over yet, and nothing can exacerbate those problems more than losing. So at the time where if I'm the Jazz, I absolutely want to be at my best, and I don't think that's going to be possible without Bogdanovich. How do you think the social activism will mesh with the actual competition? <clears throat> uh, I think that 
it's going to go well. You know, I, I think uh, NBA players are capable of walking and chewing gum at the same time. They've been doing this for a while. We've seen uh, plenty of players uh, active on these fronts before doing things well, excelling. I mean, LeBron is the, the prime example, but, but there are many others, players who can balance it, and I think they'll continue to balance it, continue to uh, raise these important issues, and uh, continue to work just like a lot of people, right? You know, you, there are thousands of people protesting in the streets. A lot of them have jobs that they care about and do well at also. People can do more than one thing at once. So do you think this is going to cost the NBA a significant number of fans, a small number of fans, no fans at all? How much of an impact is it going to have on that end of it? Yeah, tough to say. Probably it costs them a small number of fans, but maybe build some loyalty from the fans they keep. I'm not sure if it will gain new fans at this point. Uh, I think there will be a lot of performative fan losses, people who weren't that interested before pretending that they're so appalled and can never watch the NBA again when they really weren't watching the NBA that much in the first place. Like, if you like basketball, you like basketball. Like, if you don't care about the social justice messages players are espousing, that's fine. Uh, But to care so much that they're doing it that you don't watch basketball, uh, I don't really get that. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I'm wondering if they have to up the ante because if everybody's kneeling, then by the 10th game, it's not really that newsworthy. I mean, you, everyone's doing it, and it sort of becomes the way of life. So I'm wondering if you see them trying to approach it from a different aspect. You know, I, I do think kneeling is still a very highly effective form of protest. It's not as effective as it was a few years ago when Colin Kaepernick started doing it, and NBA players didn't, right? They made a point to demonstrate during the national anthem, but said collectively, individually, we're not going to kneel. Nobody did. And that's when it was the most controversial. That's when it drew the most attention. And thankfully, uh, as part of that attention, there was at least some discussion of why Colin Kaepernick was kneeling, that he was kneeling to protest racism, particularly through police brutality. And people were so up in arms about him kneeling, they had no choice but to at least talk a little bit about the issue, learn a little bit about the issue. And I think that will still continue. I think there are enough people who would be bothered by kneeling uh, that it will raise attention to the uh, important issue. So I think it's a, a still a very effective form of protest, even if it's not as effective as it used to be. A lot to unpack there, Gordon. Where, where do you want to start? Well, I agree with you completely. Uh, Dan was, was uh, really good there with a lot of his responses. Let's start with what he said about the Jazz without Boyan Bogdanovich. There are a lot of folks out there who just think this absolutely X's him out. And uh, it's, Dan said that he thinks that the Jazz will be lucky to win a first-round series. And he's not alone in that. And when I brought that up with George Niang yesterday, he sounded offended by it, but it's the truth. That's the way a lot of people view it. Now, whether it's the reality or not, it depends on this shakeup. It depends on what the Jazz are able to do with their new approach with uh, one less player. And if they're if they're successful in that regard, then they might be able to shut some people up. But it's going to take uh, a mammoth effort on their part in order to do so. So let me um, I, I agree, Gordon, and let me let me go with a comparison for you for a second. This is this is probably outlandish, but this is what what jumped into my mind. Uh, former Ute quarterback Mike McCoy, right? Former, former NFL head coach, uh, also former offensive coordinator of the Denver Donkeys. Now, we remember, Gordon, the the year that uh, the Donks decided to go with uh, Tim Tebow 
as their quarterback, and Mike McCoy was his offensive coordinator. And I thought, you know what? This has got to be the best coaching job of Mike McCoy's career because that Donks team got to the playoffs and won a game, <laughs> right? But he had to completely redesign an entire new offense for a guy that was not uh, a quarterback that was not uh, at the NFL level and did not have that skill set specifically. It was like we were watching an Urban Meyer offense, but it was the Denver Broncos. Remember that? But they were okay. I mean, they won a playoff game because somehow they managed to tape together an offense that would work around that quarterback. Now, I don't think what the Jazz are trying to do is, is quite that dramatic, but Bogdanovich is a really, he was a really key part to this Jazz team this year and their success. And him not being there, of course that's going to have an impact on the team. Now, we've seen in the scrimmages, Gordon, some of the, the redesigns in the offense that will hopefully make up for that production. The more threes, the different pick and rolls with with uh, Donovan and Mike and, and Rudy Gobert. We've seen scoring uptick from Rudy, from Conley, Conley who was their leading scorer in those scrimmages, and from George Niang. So will the the differences, the adjustments that they make be able to overcome the absence of that player? But I get, I you know, George, his reaction, you would expect that from somebody on the team, but you've got to understand where a lot of uh, pundits are coming from when talking about the Jazz. They're, they're missing their number two offensive player. They're missing a guy who averaged 20 points a game. If that happened on another team, Gordon, we'd be saying the same thing about that other team. Yeah, I agree, and it's—I uh, agree with Dan. He says the biggest loss of any team, uh, and it's—it's it's huge for the to have to adjust. On the other hand, uh, and you mentioned uh, Mike Conley there, I think he is the biggest X factor in this whole thing. The Jazz have a player who is underperforming on the whole prior to, and now he's going to be asked to step up, and they're making adjustments to enable him to do that. And we got into some fairly specific examples with David Locke yesterday during the show, and I that, that is both uh, maybe somewhat intimidating for some folks, but also encouraging, because Mike Conley has the ability. He has not lost it. I don't think he's lost it. I think he can do much more than what he showed uh, over the the first part of the season, and there were some high high moments, and there were uh, some some slumps. But I think he's better than that, and now he's going to have the opportunity to show it. And so if you want to look at it optimistically, I can understand why some Jazz fans might choose to do that. It, it hinges on Mike, like we've talked about it a does. lot. I, I'm, I'm Huge. Tr- I'm trying to, to funnel through this long piece. Did you read Rick Bucher's Bleacher Report right up today on, uh, on Donovan and Rudy? I did not— I, uh, uh, I am not, I am not a big fan necessarily of uh, of Rick Bucher. Here it is, but he did talk to a bunch of uh, uh, you know general managers and scouts and those sorts of things about the Jazz, and has a, a bunch of anonymous quotes. But one of them stuck out to me because this wasn't about Rudy and Donovan; it was about Mike Conley. And uh, this is uh, let's see here. Uh, one, well, I'll read the, both these paragraphs. One Eastern Conference executive said this, according to Bucher, quote, I don't like their team with Donovan at the two and Conley at the one. They're too small. It takes size and defense away from them. And then a rival scout said this, quote, Mike looks like he's lost a step. It just hasn't worked out. They might want, uh, they might want to win a championship, but it's not a realistic goal. I think they top out as a second-round team. They have too many holes. Quinn Snyder is a really good coach, but he can only coach a certain type of player. They don't take risks on high-maintenance players. 
Well, I mean, yeah, some of that is true and some of it might not be true. I mean, when I hear some of the comments from GMs around the league, I think they're really no smarter than anyone else. I mean, their guess, it could go either direction. I'm not saying that that second GM was wrong. That could very well be the case, but it might not be. And uh, there, there is, I don't think Mike Conley has lost it. I think he was put in a situation where he was uncomfortable. I'm not making excuses for him, but I think when he gets in comfortable situations, and it seems like that's, uh, that Quinn's really motivated to put him in those now, that he might be able to shine. I'm, I, I wouldn't want to bet against that at this point. I'm not saying the Jazz are better without Bogdanovich. Anybody would be silly to say that. But I'm not sure that you can make these uh, declarative statements about what's possible and what is absolutely impossible with this team now. I'm curious to see. That's why this is so interesting to me. Uh, Mike Conley can be better than what he has given the Jazz earlier in this season, and now he's going to get the opportunity to do it. So we're going to find out if he can or he can't. All right, Gordon, uh, let's move on because we have one more clip to get to in what's going on. And then, of course, we officially morph into Jazz game day, game night, pregame show at 3.30, tip-off Jazz and uh, New Orleans at 4.30. By the way, real quick, when does afternoon turn into evening? Uh, what, what would you say, if the, game, if the game's at 4.30... Is 4.30 evening yet, or is 5 o'clock evening? No, so, 4.30 so in, is afternoon. Every day in the big show's recaps on the hour posts on uh-huh. TotallyTheZone.com, uh-huh. the 5 o'clock guest, I'll say afternoon, but anything after 5.30 gets Wednesday evening. Evening. Okay. See, so 5, 5.30. 5.30 sounds like a logical place to put it, because 5 still feels afternoonish, right? Because we're still driving home. Right. Yeah, but do you drive home in the do you drive home in the afternoon or do yeah. you drive home? You drive in the home in the afternoon because in the wintertime you get home by winter, evening. Yeah, in the wintertime around here it's dark by five o'clock. So uh, you know, I mean, I I might, I might say five o'clock is uh, I'll just move it up a little bit from you, but it, neither here nor there. True. All right, I let's. Just don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I was just trying to think like. Man, we've debated some interesting things on this show, and now we're the, the difference between afternoon oh, and evening. Oh, don't act like we're the only ones that have ever asked that question. Oh, I, I'm thinking about it know. right now. I'm and next segment, why myself. the Oxford comma is the only comma. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's 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 hear from Hans and Scotty. And I, I did not hear this on their show today, so I'm, I'm interested because or this was yesterday, actually, and I didn't hear this, but uh, the, this is the description I've got here, Gordon. You ready? Hans bought a robot. Hey, uh, did you know I, we got a, a little robot for the home? So they've got these little things. Wait a minute, a little robot? Yeah. Yeah, so they've got these little things. You, you know, we've got that, that kind of big, like, hard floor area. Yeah. And it's dark wood, so there's a lot of dust and footprints. Oh, that, do you get a room, what is it, a Roomba? Well, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's a little robot that can sweep your floor. Yeah, it looks like a little disc. It can vacuum, and this little thing mops. What? So, yeah, it has a little device, and it drops down this device. You you put a water Tell in the solution. Tell me you got that robot from Rocky. No, no, I didn't get that. The Polly loved Yeah, she loves me. No, it's not that big, Lloyd. It's like uh, Scotty was talking about. It's like a little You say not circular. that big, but it sounds like it's, it's pretty thing, big. It's the thing that looks the, the Raider Stadium looks like. Yeah, 
But it's, it's you know, it, this thing is that big around. I don't know how to. It's what, great for radio. Oh, a 45-pound plate. A, like a okay. Like a forty-five pound, you know, weight room plate. Yeah, that's so how essentially big you got a you got a vacuum. Is what you're telling us? Well, yeah. no, it's Lloyd, a robot vacuum. because this vacuum runs off of laserized and digitalized controls. It fires lasers out, <laughs> and it's freaking eyeballs. <laughs> what? No, it's not out of the eyeball. It's just a like a rotating. Thing no disassemble. <laughs> no disassemble. No, we're not going back to that. It shoots lasers out of its freaking eyeballs. So it it fires lasers and and it tells where the couch and the, and everything is. It knows where it's on carpet. When it's on carpet, it sucks the little mopper deal up and pulls the the sweepers in and and initiates the vacuuming portion of it. And then it'll go back on the hardwood, and it'll drop its little yes, mopper. Yes, I love technology. And it fires these little sweepers out. You, you and it sweeps and I mops right behind it. I love technology. Always and, and forever. forever. So it's been really helpful for, helpful it, for my wife. Does it keep the house clean? Yeah, like sparkling. Does it freak out the dogs? Yes. Yeah, Buster and Gracie hate it. They hate it. Gracie attacks it. We have to put Gracie away. And then when it's done, does it just go back into its little docking station? Yeah, and it talks to you the whole time. Getting my mop move out. Move your feet. No, it doesn't. A-hole. No, it doesn't tell you to move your feet, a-hole. It says getting my mop out, it, and then it'll say, I'm getting low on battery. I'm going to go recharge. It's like, yeah, just do it. You don't need to tell me. What have you been walking in? <laughs> I spend all day. I'm tired. Whatever. We never talk anymore. <laughs> you get home at 6 p.m. You don't even eat the dinner I cook. So you know what? Just go back to your charging dock. <laughs> Did you go to that buffet again? <laughs> I smell sushi on your breath. It's like, gosh, you're really getting into my business here, little robot. <laughs> go back to your charging dock. <laughs> This little sucker is a worker, though, like w- working, working, working. And look at this. The reason I bring this up is it just sent a message to my phone and it said, I am vacuuming. So, like, it talks to me on my phone. You're like, oh, so you're doing your job. <laughs> oh, well, well, good for you. I am doing radio to make money to keep you in business. How does that sound, you little robot? Just keep working. I don't know what to tell you. So it's pretty nice, Scotty. Uh, there are uh, stories of of uh, the, these things getting into trouble when, like, they stumble into some dog poop and then they spread it everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's ugly pictures. Boy, that one really spread it evenly throughout the entire home. So just something to keep an eye on. That's gotten into a lot of dog poop. So if Gracie or Buster leave a little, <laughs> a little accident, that could cause a problem for you. Okay, so sometimes we get off track here on the big show. Those guys just spent five minutes talking about a a floor cleaner. Right. And I love the way uh, Lloyd said that uh, because Hans was talking about a robot like I thought it was something out of the Jetsons. No, it's a Roomba. And hasn't that been around for a while now? It's been around for a long time. and So so (laughs) it's not a robot. It's a floor mopper. 
<laughs> and it's not particularly new. So I, I, I don't, you know, it, it's not like you have some robotic housekeeper well, who's and, going to go around. You know, the one thing about those things is, I, mean, I wonder if they like suck down the curtain or something. You know, you know, the one thing that stood out to me about that whole thing was Hans said, boy, it just makes my wife's life easier. <laughs> like he's well, just presuming that it's Amanda's job to make sure and keep that house straight. Correct. Like, like, what's the matter with saying it makes our lives easier? Yeah. Well, at least he's being honest. I guess. I guess. Hey, it's true. Like I, I struggled this weekend to operate my uh, my fancy vacuum that we got a couple of years ago, and I was really embarrassed about that because I didn't know quite. I mean, it's a fancy vacuum in my defense, but we've had it for a long time. But it's upstairs, and we don't have a whole lot of carpet upstairs. So anyway, no excuse for on my part, and I was very embarrassed by it. But it, I, I feel like if I was talking about our new vacuum, I would say our new vacuum. Well, look, if, if you want to talk about it, if somebody really buys a robot and the robot is walking around the house and cleaning everything up, I want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about a vacuum. Okay. You know? All right. I mean, Lloyd, Lloyd uh, hit that one right on the nose. It's a, it's a vacuum. <laughs> I mean, what was the vacuum. name of, the, of the, uh, the, the robot in the Jetsons, the housekeeper robot? Uh, what was it? Ruby. Was it Ruby? Yeah. The 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 housekeeper made robot in yeah, Jetsons? Yeah. yeah, Ruby. Ruby? Now, now if you got a, if you got a robot like that that's going to that's going to come over and uh lean over and like sweep up a mess and then go over and polish down the cabinets and uh maybe uh you know do some dusting uh you know really straighten up the house. Now that's a robot. Rosie. Was it Rosie? It was Rosie. Oh, whoops. According to the Google What'd you say? Ruby. It's close. <laughs> Ruby, close. Rosie. Close enough. Housekeeper made. <laughs> wow, the by Jetsons. The way, I haven't thought of that show in Gordon, a long Gordon, you're the time. guy that's amazed by grocery stores as though they've been invented yesterday. That's a great point. You no, know what? I, I just, hadn't even thought no, about that. No, I just appreciate the fact that there are those conveniences to have that kind of food selection inside a, an air-conditioned building that's right there in front of you. And all that is is just appreciating the uh, the idea of modern convenience. Ah. By the way, real quick, and we're going to morph into uh, pregame mode coming up next, but uh, here in the studio we have uh, kind of the what, – what do they call this feed? That, uh, it's the world feed. It's We've basically got a feed of the broadcast. It's not going over air. It's like an internal feed, you know. And uh, I, I just saw Bowler and Thurl sitting down in their spot kind of getting adjusted. Uh, our boy uh, Bowler is rocking a, a pretty smooth goatee these days. Did you know that? Uh, I, We've I talked thought, about it on this show. How yeah, thought, did we really? He was, did he mention he had some facial hair going, yeah. He's got a little like salt and pepper goatee kind of thing going. He's looking smooth. How about that? All right, Catch Bowler and, uh, and Thurl on AT&T Sportsnet, of course. And you'll hear all the action Jazz Pelicans right here on the Zone Sports Network. In fact, we kick off the pregame next here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.